1: The Bruce Woolley Show podcast is brought to you by com, Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. From now we're number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. You can watch the show on the live stream on Facebook, The Bruce Woolley Show, or 989 the answer We welcome our listeners in Western Ohio via 94.5, The Answer in Dayton. And I'll give you a little more audio from the Ron DeSantis-Charlie Crist debate last night in Florida. DeSantis is up big. He's going to win big. He should win big because Charlie Crist is trying to make Ron DeSantis sound like a failed governor of Florida. Uh, That's a tough sell. That's a tough sell. In the aftermath of Hurricane Ian- where, as Ron DeSantis points out, everything has been done uh, well above expectations originally were.
0: And Ron, Ron, you talk about Joe Biden a lot. I understand. You think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might get confused. But you're running for governor.
2: You're running for governor. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris.
1: Uh, that one you had heard in the Salem Media update. Here's the one where DeSantis is touting his hurricane relief.
2: Well, look, I, I'm proud that we had 42,000 linemen stage ready to go, unprecedented array of first responders. Uh, we were able to get in in record time effectuate thousands of rescues get the power back on for millions of people in record time and when the bridges got wiped out in pine island and in sanibel people thought those islands were going to be severed from the mainland for six months to a year we did the pine island restoration in three days And we did the Sanibel Causeway restoration in two weeks. Now those islands have the ability to recover. And Charlie Crist is sitting there. You know what he was doing during this? He was in hiding out in Puerto Rico. He wasn't helping his community here. And then when he got back, what did he do? And then when he got back, what did he do? His campaign was soliciting campaign contributions from storm victims. That is unacceptable, and that's not what a leader would do in a time of despair.
1: Now, DeSantis is a rock star. I mean, he knows how to um, tweak the media. He knows how to, I'd say, firmly, boldly, but not—I um, can't think of the word I'm looking for. When Trump went after people, uh, it was often like about a half a step over the line where you'd kind of like—you'd half like laugh and half cringe. DeSantis gets you to go, yeah, yeah, give it to him. Way to tell him. And you know who else has that gift? Carrie Lake in Arizona. Carrie Lake has that gift in Arizona. It's very important to win governorships in advance of a presidential election. So, whatever happened in Arizona in 2020, I know Doug Ducey was the governor, but I think that everything will be buttoned up a little bit tighter with Carrie Lake as governor of Arizona, and I feel confident about her beating Katie Hobbs. Tonight in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman will submit to his only debate with Dr. Oz. Voting's already started, so a lot of people are going to see tonight that Fetterman's not equipped to do the job. I hope it comes across on the debate that he's reading his answers. Because when this debate starts tonight, the moderator is going to disclose to the viewers that Fetterman is receiving video messages, teleprompter help, Throughout the event, because he can't listen to someone talk to him, process what's being said, formulate an answer and respond. He has to have the question printed out for him so he can look at it. Now, can we be sure that his answers won't be provided to? I mean, sure, they'll say not. But has any candidate ever in any debate ever had this kind of allowance made for him? The answer is no. The answer is no. So we'll see. Whether Dr. Oz has got to step up tonight, too. I mean, this is Dr. Oz's chance to take this race, and he's got to thread the needle. He has to be forceful enough about Fetterman's radical policies. If he goes too heavy on Fetterman's lack of medical preparedness, lack of physical acumen, Dr. Oz could come off as mean, nasty, Not wishing John Fetterman well in his recovery. But that's a tough tightrope to walk. Dr. Oz has got to walk it tonight. I'm sure he's rehearsed to the nth degree and is, like all candidates going into a debate, familiar with what they're going to say, how they're going to say it, practicing tone, and all those kinds of things because the stakes, when you have one debate, the stakes are enormous. Now, I heard last night on Fox News, we thought we were done with J.D. Vance, Tim Ryan debates. And we are done with debates, but Brett Baer said last night on Special Report that he and Martha McCallum are coming to Columbus next week to do a town hall with Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance. Hmm. Now, I actually hope that's a town hall with no audience, because an audience just messes things up. An audience, you got partisans in the audience, they'll scream, they'll yell, Mm -hmm. they'll intrude, they'll take up time. I'm trying to gain details from Fox on how this town hall will take place, where it'll take place. If it takes place, J.D. Vance has got to be smart enough not to have this town hall at Ohio State. If he has it at Ohio State, it's deck stacked in favor of Tim Ryan. But I do think that this town hall will be moderated fairly because it's Brett Baer and it's Martha McCallum. I know there are people out there who don't like Fox, but look, the fact of the matter is Fox would do, Brett Baer would do. There are people at Fox I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want Hannity doing a debate because it would be a partisan debate. But I think Brett Baer will do as good a job as any network newscaster on keeping things down the middle. Now, before the midterm election, Joe Biden's schedule is out. So where's Joe Biden going? I mean, he's a I mean, he Corinne Jean-Pierre can't keep up with Joe Biden. She says, right. The young, black, gay, glass ceiling shattering press secretary who reads her answers to everything. She's incompetent, but she's gay and black. She can't formulate an answer out of her own cognitive abilities. But by the way, she's gay and black. By the way, did you know she's black and gay? She is. She's a glass ceiling breaking black gay press secretary. She says she can't keep up with Joe Biden. So where's Joe Biden going in advance of the midterms? I mean, you'd think he's going to Georgia, right? Raphael Warnock's locked in a tight battle. He's going to Arizona, right? He's going to appear with Mark Kelly at the border. Talk about how they're doing the right thing at the border. He's going to be in Nevada because uh, Catherine Cortez Masto, she's falling behind Blake Masters, or not Blake Masters, Adam Laxalt in Nevada. Uh, no, no, Joe Biden's going to Portland, Oregon. A famous Republican stronghold, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> they must have
2: good ice cream.
1: <laughs> Irvine, California, where, you know, Democratic Party reeling in California. He's going to California.
2: He's
1: going to Dover, Delaware. Yeah, he really needs help in Delaware. And he's going to Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Now, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia makes sense because you would think mm, Oz and Fetterman, tight race. Uh, here's Carl Rove on Joe Biden's decision to go not once but twice to Pennsylvania in the final days before the midterms. He's going to places where he is popular, Delaware and Oregon. But uh, if I were John Fetterman, I would, I would not like him to be coming to Pennsylvania because the president's uh, approval in Pennsylvania, the Keystone State, is in the 30s. And so he's going to places where he's reminding people of the need to send him a message. And his message is causing people also to say, I I, I really
0: want to send him a message because he ain't clued into reality. Uh, This message of the economy is strong. I've done everything that you needed me to do in order to get the country going in the right direction. And, And abortion is the number one issue. That is not a winning message
1: in a state in which he's underwater as much as he is in Pennsylvania. Well, then go. Don't go twice. Go three times. Uh, If the more you visit, the worse it is, then go a lot. I'll be all for it. Uh, Yesterday, Biden was speaking to Democratic campaign workers, and he gave them a super peppy pep talk like you'd expect an 80-year-old president to do. We'll give you the details on that next. Oh, I'm sorry. I read the clock wrong. We got two more minutes. A little first, early. I was quarter. looking
2: it up. I was looking up going, wait, why is it running? Yeah, the first no, quarter hour always throws early. me off. Well, it's... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question if you okay. don't mind. No, we'll go, go back right to ahead. the Fetterman-Oz. Yeah. Yeah. The debate mm-hmm. that's coming up. Did mm-hmm. you say tonight? Tonight, yes, yeah, tonight. I'm going to look for that. Um, my question is if he's going to get video help. Yes. No, of course Oz is not. It No, no. Well, <laughs> that was coming. <laughs> you yeah. beat me to it. But what I want to know is, is he getting the questions in advance?
1: I would think not, but I wouldn't put put anything past it.
2: Because that's what I'm concerned about.
1: Anybody who's been on the campaign trail, as long as these two guys have been on the campaign trail, there really shouldn't be any question you're unprepared for, right? That's true. Like, you could bring somebody in here right now. You could say, hey, role play, Bruce. We're going to throw you into a debate. We have a Tim Ryan stand in. You be the J.D. Vance stand in. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the issues. I mean, I'd be expecting a question on abortion because that's where Democrats try try to hang you up. Right. I would try to get the topics on the things I care about, which would be inflation, the economy, oil, domestic oil production, the border. I mm-hmm. would have something that I would be ready to say about Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, mu- how many surprises can there be? That's John right. Fetterman has talked about letting criminals out of prison. He's got to be ready for that question. He mm-hmm. shouldn't need to see it printed on the screen in front of him. I'm really, just concerned
2: should- that he's going to get the questions in advance. and And if that's the case, then they should be offering that opportunity to both candidates. In any example like this.
1: I think, I understand you're voicing that yeah. fairness concern. Right. But if I'm Oz, I don't want anything like that. Because okay. I want to show that I don't need it. Oh, good point. And I want to show that mm-hmm. he needs it, I don't need it. And by the way, when he gets True. to Washington, they're not going to do that for it. Yeah. So, hopefully Dr. Oz will crush it tonight. One thing that came through loud and clear to me Friday night at the Battleground Talkers Tour event is how much I enjoy doing this show for you, the listener. Um, I need to be made aware of that from time to time by interacting directly with you. That's why I do com slash Bruce, because it gives me a chance to contact you. But really, those kinds of events are events where I get to meet you. And uh, it's very touching to see your commitment to our country. Uh, I got a nice hand when I mentioned that I was the son of a World War II veteran. Uh, My father dearly loved this country. He fought for this country. And I can't find any common ground ever with people who think that America is anything less than the greatest country in the history of the world. We are not a perfect country. But we address our flaws more openly than any country, and we move to address our flaws. That's why I have such a visceral dislike for this idiotic class that they have at Worthington, Kilborn about, you know, radicalism. Why not patriotism? Why is patriotism a bad thing? Why not talk about the great things that America has done to eradicate slavery? Uh, it's hard for me to imagine that we could have had a worse president in the history of our country than Barack Obama. Joe Biden's terrible from a policy perspective. Barack Obama rekindled the race war in America. Barack Obama was so thin-skinned, so power-hungry, that he hid behind, he lazily hid behind his race to shield himself from criticism of his policies. He didn't do it when he campaigned to be elected the first time, but he decidedly did it, repeatedly, in his second term in office. Biden's policies are worse because the longer we go, the more the liberal creep advances the agenda to the point where Biden's able to advocate for things that Obama could not. Remember when Obama first ran for office, he was against gay marriage. Now you have Joe Biden setting aside time to meet with a man dressed as a woman deluded into believing he is a woman and Joe Biden saying, yeah, we should give puberty blockers to minors and we should chop off healthy breast tissue from minor girls and we should mutilate the genitalia of boys into a facsimile of what women are naturally born with. These are policies Obama could not have advocated for openly, but now I'm sure he embraces them because he's a Democrat and they don't give you any room in the Democratic Party to have authentic differing views. That's why I'm so hopeful about the future of the country. Two reasons. Number one, because of people like you who listen to this station, who listen to the answer in Dayton. You're finding out you're not alone. You're finding out you're not in the minority. You're finding out you're not crazy and you're finding out you're not hateful. This is the biggest lie of the LGBTQ movement that, oh, you oppose LGBTQ ideology. You're hateful. You're mean. You're bigoted. That is a lie. LGBTQ kids are not bullied more than other kids. All kids are bullied to some degree. It's a very uncomfortable truth, but it's true. My kids go to a Christian school, okay? Guess what? It's not filled with 300 angels. We knew that going in. No Christian school is. No charter school is. No public school is. Kids are mean. Kids are cliquish. Catty, hurtful things are said about every child. Even the captain of the football team, to some degree, could plead that they were bullied in some way, shape, or form. But I would submit to you that if you have the LGBTQ mantle to hide behind, you have a bulletproof defense that will shield you from bullying And if anyone dares to bully you or come close to bullying you, that kid will be in a lot more trouble than the kid who says, you know, that homecoming dress you wore was really super ugly. Or why would anybody go out with you? Or man, that's a big pimple on your forehead. Or whatever you want to classify as bullying. The LGBTQ kids are protected more than other kids. So that's a lie when they say, oh, you're bullying those kids more. And that's why they have a high suicide rate. No, they have a high suicide rate because they're... Confused because they're at odds with the way God designed them to live their life. It's not mean, it's not hurtful, it's not hateful to speak truth. It might be unpleasant to hear, but generally we tell people the hard thing so that they will eventually recognize what is. Actually, troubling them, and they'll get to a better place beyond it. The easiest thing in the world to do. In fact, if you have friends l- like this who say, when you have a serious conversation with them about a problem you're having, if, they're, if their response to you is, I just want you to be happy. You know what they're really saying? I don't want you to bother me with this anymore. I want you to do what's easy so that you will leave me alone. That's what they're saying. I just want you to be happy. No, the people who would tell you, you know, you got to stop drinking. You know, you got to lose weight. You know, you got to get right with your wife. You got to get right with God. Those are the hard things people say to you so that, not in that moment, you'll feel better, but down the road, you will feel better. And the Republican Party is the party of speaking truth and the party of having a better vision for our country and saying the hard things right now. Biden's policies don't work, they just don't. And one way that you can tell they don't work is. Are they attracting smart people, articulate people, eloquent people who have better ideas? Or are those kinds of people, young, smart, brilliant, energetic, eloquent people on the Republican side of the aisle? Well, let's look at the benches of the two parties. Who's locked and loaded on the Democratic bench, ready to go, ready to lead their party into the future? Gavin Newsom? How's the state of California done under his watch? How did the city of San Francisco do under his watch? Well, pretty good if you can hopscotch around all the feces and needles on the street. Now let's look at the Republican Party: Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, J.D. Vance, Tim Scott. You get some really smart, really intelligent, really purposeful, bold-speaking, truth-telling people on the Ron DeSantis. Christy Noem, Nikki Haley, we got them in all sexes, we got them in all nationalities, we got them from all corners of the country. So, I understand the frustration, prices are high, the hopelessness, wokeism abounds. But I'm here to tell you, we are winning because we have better ideas, we have better people to articulate those ideas, And the only thing we lack are courageous people to go out and vote for those people so they can get the influence that they need to enact their policies.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.